This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We are privileged today, privileged, I say, to have the... Honorable Patrick Kinahan sitting in for Jake Scott. Austin's doing a dance. He's going back and forth all over the place. He's, he's, he's juggling like crazy today. But anyway, we're all here for your pleasure, PK. You're an entertainer. <laughs> Entertain us. What do you got there? Well, we're going to have Chris Camerani joining us. He's joining us on the telephone, and it's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption. While managing irrigation smartly, find out more at smartrain.net. All right. So hopefully we'll have Chris. What, what's, the, what's the biggest pressing thing that you want to ask Chris Camerani? When's uh, he getting a haircut? <laughs> and he knows that. Does, does long hair bother you? No, I just like to tease him about it. Oh. You can do whatever you want with your hair. I don't care. In fact, I would encourage you, if you want to be individualistic, do something with your hair. When you were a kid, I saw pictures of you. You had the flowing locks. That's my point. And then you can cut it off if you change it, whereas if you get your whole whatever pasted on your body, that's a lot harder to change in 15, 20, 30, 40 years. You didn't change your hairstyle. So I encourage you, get, if you want to be individualistic, do something with your hair. PK, you weren't blessed with much, but you got great hair. Well, two things, yeah. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> ding dong. Let's go out to uh, Chris Camrani of The Athletic. Chris, uh, how the heck are you, man? I'm doing well, guys. Um, PK, I haven't cut my hair, and I <laughs> saved probably a couple grand in doing so. <laughs> See, so, that's a financial I, move. That's what I'm talking no, about. Yeah. Kamrani yeah, I mean, is a smart dude. He's making an investment in his future. So, Chris, uh, how, how long are the locks now? Uh, the wife actually gave me a trim a couple of weeks ago. It's just about shoulder length now. But we were we were down uh, we were pretty far down there for a while. But um, like I said, um, you know, we have to uh, pinch pennies where our generation sees fit. So I'm I'm definitely. <laughs> Uh, taking that route, but um, no, I'm glad to be on with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Now, Chris, uh, let's start off with uh, something you wrote about Damian Lillard and uh, his connection to the community in Ogden. Yeah, uh, the Weber State Alumni Classic, which is hosted by Damian, uh, took place on Friday, and um, I think a lot of people around here understand the connection that he has to his alma mater in that college town. But, um, you know, in this kind of new role that I have at the athletic, I'm, I'm, I'm able to kind of uh, spread my wings and, and tell stories from more of a national perspective, which this was. And um, it was, I mean, I learned a little bit um, that I didn't know. I mean, obviously anybody who's paying attention knows how much Weber state means to Damien and, um, but it, it, it is really cool to see the amount of time and effort that a very unique superstar athlete um, 
does and goes to these sort of lengths in terms of paying it back and, and paying it forward. Um, you know, learning that he stays in an Airbnb um, Pineview Reservoir in, in Huntsville with his family and friends when they come into town and, you know, being able to go to Texas Roadhouse unimpeded in South Ogden, just, just normal everyday things, but it's also not a normal everyday life when he comes back to Ogden because he is I think you could say the town's proudest son in recent memory. And uh, this summer has been very kind of turbulent for Damien compared to previous seasons. Um, he's made no bones about um, wanting to stay committed to one franchise for most of his career. Um, but I think you're getting to the point now in Damien's career arc where uh, the organization that he's remained so true to kind of needs to show him that they will be committed to, you know, supplying him with a championship caliber roster. And that is a that is a huge uh, test that Portland has facing itself right now. So basically the piece is just, you know, ex exploring what it, what it means to him to be able to come back, to relax, to decompress, the connection to Ogden. But also it's a needed, you know, five to seven days every summer because as you get ready for an NBA season, you have to be able to kind of cancel out and block out all of the white noise that comes with being an NBA superstar. And that's what Damien encounters when he comes back to Ogden. So we had Randy Ray on the day of on our morning show that Friday. He's obviously the coach, coached uh, Damian Lillard. And he was talking about how he figured this year that Lillard wouldn't be coming back because he had to go to Tokyo and the quarantine mm -hmm. and the Olympics and all that stuff. And he said that the night, I think that uh, night before, or maybe the morning of, that he was getting ready to go, literally go to Tokyo. Lillard texts Randy Ray and says, I'll be there. I'm like, what? Are you kidding? He's, he just assumed that he, Ray assumed that Lillard wouldn't be there because the circumstances obviously being much different this year. Uh, I don't know if you got into that, but that was, to me, that just screamed the loyalty. It screams really who Damian Willard is because and then you, you factor in with the Jazz. And I related to Gordon Hayward, Chris, in that Gordon Hayward left at a time that the Jazz were just getting started, basically. Right. Well, if Lillard leaves, they're not just getting started. They've been running in place now for a few years, and... He is running out of time. He can't waste his best years as a Hall of Fame player as far as that goes. And did you get into any of that as far as him? He has this loyalty, which he's proven to Weber State a million times over, and he has it to Portland, but he's not looking to bolt, basically, unless yeah. he has to. It's, it's, a, it's a conundrum that most NBA superstars face unless you are um, a top three player. And I think there have been times in the past decade that you could say Dame was a top five player in this league. These are, these are difficult uh, conversations that you have to have if you are indeed hell-bent on contending for a championship, especially in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, I think for a while we thought Portland was kind of on the cusp with C.J. McCollum busting on the scene. They did a pretty good job rounding out that roster. Um, but you never know. I mean, look at the, and just in the last year, the Jazz finished with the best record in, in, the, in the league. Phoenix makes a run to the finals, and all of a sudden we're having this conversation of one to eight, is Portland even in that conversation? And you're talking about with a guy in Damian Lillard who any team in the league, you know, 
would run over their grandmother to get. I mean, this is the reality that faces NBA superstars that don't have the the privilege of of being part of, you know, necessarily um, really luxurious franchises or teaming up. I think that's another thing that, that Damien has earned a lot of respect for around here, but especially in the league is, you know, he is the guy for a while who was putting those super teams to bed in the playoffs. I mean, that, that shot against OKC when it was Russ and, and Carmelo and, and Paul George, that, that kind of embodies who he is. But to your point, PK, um, every franchise is on the clock in terms of keeping its franchise player happy. And the, the Trail Blazers are kind of at a crossroads. And sooner or later, they're going to have to figure out how to move some pieces around to get him a better shot to contend. Because, as you said, his best years are now. And sooner or later, you know, Portland's going to have to put their money where their mouth is. Yep. Chris, uh, I remember talking to Randy Ray about uh, Damian Lillard back when he was playing at Weber. And he and I remember talking to Damian and he was he apparently he was kind of a late bloomer. Uh, and and uh, the Weebs got on him early and showed interest in him. And then suddenly other schools showed interest in him. But he stayed with the Wildcats because of their early uh, recognition of his talents. Uh, can you describe for our listeners what that what the base source of his feeling for Weber State is that he that he does these things? Well, I think you have to go back to, um, you know, where Damien grew up. He grew up in a in a pretty tough area that I'm familiar with uh, in East Oakland. He uh, was raised by, you know, uh, he was lucky enough to have a family network around him that supported him and and you know kept him on the right track from the get go. And he's just one of those guys that refuses to kind of forget. Um, who was there for him. And that, that starts with Oakland. It starts with Ogden. And, you know, I think you throw Portland in there as well. But, like, in, you know, in terms of being loyal to the Ogden area, I mean, there, there are stories that you, that you could uncover over the course of, you know, just a few hours talking to people up there like I did. I mean, you know, hearing, hearing a professor of his tell me that, um, you know, when Weber State had a had a professor who died of COVID earlier this year that was close to Damien, you know, Damien was was FaceTiming the professors in that in that school to check in on him. I mean, these are these are little things that I'm sure other NBA superstars do. But I just think like without sounding too hyperbolic, Damien seems to be pretty like a one of one type guy when it comes to going the extra mile. And um you know, there, there are just some guys that are wired differently. And I think you have to, A, appreciate kind of the dichotomy of who they are when they're playing and who they are when they're not, because I think that's pretty rare as well. Because you look at a guy like Damien, who is, you know, your prototypical assassin and for a while was kind of like the super team killer in regular season games and in the playoffs. And then when he's off the court, you know, he's this guy who's, you know, coming back to Ogden to go visit, you know, the uh, the Mediterranean restaurant that is just down the street from where the, the Weber State Wildcats used to have team dinners and checking in with guys that he hasn't seen in a long time. Just little things like that. And I think that's just unique to being part of a small college as well. 
not to say that that doesn't happen at you know Duke or North Carolina, Kansas, wherever, but I think there's just something so personal when it comes to being able to um, you know attend a school like that and make such an impact like that. So should we start calling him the Big O? Oak, Oakland, Ogden, Oregon. Oregon. No, 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 no. The Big O's already taken. I know. I know. You can't. Come on. You can't go with that. Sorry. Jeez. I didn't mean to tread on secret territory there. <laughs> you can go the Big Lil if you want. But you got to admit, Oakland, Ogden, Oregon. There it is. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't do that again, please. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate all that he stands for. I think he goes down, would you guys agree, as the best Utah college player of all time to date? I can't think of anybody better, Chris. I mean, Danny Ainge, but I think Damian is probably it in terms of, like, Damian will be a Hall of Fame player. Uh, I don't think Danny is in the Hall of Fame, if I might be wrong. But, yeah, I mean, I think, like, the, the, the trajectory that he's on in terms of um, what he's done for a singular franchise, the way he's done it, the way he plays, um, it's, it's very unique. And I, and I, and I agree with, with you guys. I think he is, as of right now, the best college player to ever come out of the state of Utah. Now, there is a guy in the Hall of Fame who played at BYU and had a significant impact on basketball overseas. Kresmir Chelsea? Yes. He's a great player. No, I never saw him play. Did you? I just saw a film of him. Uh, But Bill Marcroft, one of my close friends in the business who was around forever, saw him play and said he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, uh, I got to give the athletic credit for – because you used to be a Utah beat writer for them, essentially. And now they've moved you to, uh, I guess, mostly features, right? And that that really is your wheelhouse, in my opinion. You do great work in that regard. But I got to ask you about Utah, nonetheless. Okay. What do you, th- you think's going on this time around with the Utes? I'm very high on them. I think PK's high on them. Do you think that they could be considered a favorite in the Pac-12? I will tell you guys what I've been saying on your radio shows for the past however many years. It's always going to come down to the quarterback. If Charlie Brewer can put together an all-conference caliber season, then there's no reason why Utah shouldn't be playing in the Pac-12 title game. But um, since they entered the league 10 years ago, there's only been one guy who's been up to that you know, kind of caliber, and that was Tyler Huntley. And um, for me... The defense last year proved that even though they're young, they can carry their own weight and then some. Um, I think what Kyle and his staff have done in the transfer portal is will behoove you know their success on the offensive side of the ball, especially from the wide receiver and running back position. Quarterback remains to be seen, and you know frankly, I, I think there is a conversation to be had of one Cam Rising must be a really good player if he you know, beat out a, a three-year starter from the SEC and Jake Bentley last year. And after coming back from a very serious shoulder injury last year, kind of pushed Charlie Brewer to the brink. So one, I think you can th- say that the, the long-term outlook of the quarterback position at Utah is pretty bright, but I think you're going to have to see uh, what Charlie Brewer can do in this offense before I can, you know, go pie in the sky type stuff. 
So is the Athletic not going to have a day-to-day guy or person covering the Utes? Nope. So have you deserted uh, the, the good folks up on the hill? I haven't deserted anybody. I've just more been given the uh, <clears throat> the runway to pursue stories that I think I'm good at as opposed <laughs> to, like, you guys know me. I mean, PK's seen me in scrums. I'm not the type of guy that's going to be asking about the second-string linebackers. <laughs> there are guys that are good at that and understand what they're talking about. I'm, I, I can't really expose myself for being out of my depth too much. I think I tricked people for too long, so frankly, I'm I'm lucky to have survived and come out on the other side of this. Uh, but depending on how the season goes, I mean, we'll, there will still be Utah stories. We have a ton of Pac-12 writers. We have a ton of national writers based on the West Coast. I'm sure I'll be pulled into some other stuff feature-wise going forward. And you never know if Utah rips off. Uh, I mean, if they're if we're talking nine and zero, ten and zero, come November. I guarantee you I'll be asked to uh, put on my too deep brain and and talk about all that uh, nonsense once again. Well, you say that you do stories of a national interest, and obviously Lillard is a national player. There's no question about that. But can you also do stories that aren't necessarily national? They're, They're really interesting, and somebody needs to do them, and there's no better person than you to do it. But they may not be national. They'd be more local. Can you do that? Sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's just a matter of um, what my plate at the moment kind of looks like. Um, you know, I I think I my role will still be kind of a pseudo college football feature writer going forward. But um, what I've been kind of allowed to do is pursue basically anything that interests me. And I'll, yes, like I'm not ditching I'm not ditching the home state that I live in. No, but. Um, there will be times when I don't necessarily have to have a singular focus on uh, the Wasatch Front or Cache Valley or wherever. Okay, what up? but I'll also I'm getting at if there's a lot of great stories out there for sure. Suppose there's one in Logan. Suppose there's one in Provo. Uh, you, you would you pursue those? Yeah, for sure. If they, okay. if 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 I if I mean I would probably rely on you guys to tell me if they're worth it because you guys know more than I do. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, anything that is, one, uh, you know, a, a great human interest story, as you guys know, I'm always down for, and, B, um, I'm very much into, like, you know, weird, random, quirky stories as well. So, right. whatever. Anything that, anything that um, you know, tickles my fancy. And, and, frankly, like, to your point, there are a ton of stories here, and I think the reason why I've been able to get to where I am now is because being able, you can uncover so many stories like this just in our own backyard in and of itself, to your yeah, point. like yeah, there, yeah. there are college football stories. There are NBA stories. There's college basketball stories. There's Olympic stories. There's professional soccer stories. I mean, um, yeah. oh, somebody yeah, yeah. texted me last night. Somebody texted me last night that they referenced a, a story that I had done on the MLS All Star Game broadcast last night, and I had no idea. So it's like all of these things are, are local, right. first and foremost. It's just um, my proverbial wings are starting to, you know, etch themselves out of my back, and I'm getting to fly a little bit. Well, a good story is a good story. Yeah, and you can yeah. find good stories in in the most. Uh, you know, diminutive places or populations. So uh, you're doing right. Th- uh, you know, as a guy who used to work as a feature writer, Chris, I think our listeners would be interested when you approach 
a profile on an individual or a, a, a bigger story of, of multiple people. How do you approach that? Well, first and foremost, uh, you'd like to be on the ground, and COVID really ruined that um, because people were really extra cautious and rightfully so. Um, but for a while, you were trying to kind of do these things over the phone or FaceTime. They're difficult. The best stories are when you're there and you can see it. And, like, you know, the, the, the story on Utah linebackers coach Colton Swan, you know, winning a rodeo event. Like, that story isn't as good as it is if I'm talking to Colton and folks over the phone and asking them to relate it to me. Like, I had to drive to Rock Springs and be one of the 12 people in the stands at 9.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning to kind of understand what's going on. You know, it's like, um, I think you guys know this, so I'm preaching to the choir, but it's like the number one rule is, is like, write what you see. And I think if you can do that, you'll have a, a hook to your you know, readership audience, and then you kind of let the story go from there. Um, I think in a perfect world, you get uh, unfettered access. Everybody opens their door and says, sure, come on in. I'll give you hours upon hours of my time. That's not necessarily a realistic case. That would be a, kind of a dream state scenario. But um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you approach subjects with a sense of... Um, just validity. I mean, you, you kind of lay out, you know, who you are, what your job is, what you're thinking. Uh, maybe you, you need to send them some writing examples to, to push them over the line to convince you. Um, and then you kind of go from there. I mean, like I, like I said, a lot of my best stories have just been luck, to be honest with you. I think you luck, I luck out, especially, and sometimes people, um, unlike PK, they look at me in my long hair and they immediately trust me. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's it's a it's a luxury to have this gig and it's just really fun to be able to tell people stories because i think um while sports is kind of the the main operating realm in, in which we live in I, I i still think there's nothing more connecting in terms of getting to know somebody and tell their story and i think i can speak on behalf of everybody on this call right now is that's one of the main reasons why we got into this business in the first place yeah uh, by the way, real quick, how'd you find Rock Springs? Was that your kind of thing? <laughs> um, I had driven through Rock Springs one time. Um, well, quick answer, no, um, not not my not my town. The only meal I expensed was a lunchtime meal at Taco Bell on the way home. Um, it, 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 it was an interesting, uh, interesting little town, a little bigger than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. I, I was, I was kind of preparing myself for some of those, you know, really small town, like those towns that you encounter driving on the devil's backbone down in Southeast Utah, where you're like, there might be 10 people who live in this town. That's not the way Rock Springs was. Rock Springs was, you know, a good couple thousand, but, um, I don't necessarily need to go back to Rock Springs anytime soon. Okay. Well, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, and good luck with all the stories you have yet to tell. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And, Gordon, I just wanted to give you a quick shout-out. Your column today was, was great. I've had multiple people tell me that it meant a lot to them, and the fact that I'm on your show today, I had to relay that upon um, you know, on behalf of friends and family who, who reached out to me. So great job, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Chris Camrani, ladies and gentlemen, great writer. PK, you've known him a long time.
I have, yeah. He's an excellent storyteller. I don't even really think of him as a writer. I think of him as a storyteller yeah. in written form. Everybody loves a good story, don't they? Yeah. Well, you're yeah. a great storyteller. I've sat, I've sat around parties and stuff. When you start, it's just, Yeah, mine's you know, all BS, though. <laughs> are you making that stuff up? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you don't even know yourself. Some that it. makes it even more impressive. <laughs> anyway, all right, we got John Beck coming up. At the top of the hour, we'll talk more football coming up on the big show. PK sitting there. This is DJ and PK. Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points Newsletter and Podcast. Do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia, no, maybe no, somebody else? No, 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 no. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. In the Pac-12, that means, generally, you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas. Tech, that's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to overcome that by themselves. There's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China. That team just doesn't exist right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. BYU, they've announced Jaron Hall as the starting quarterback this coming Saturday, or rather a week from this coming Saturday against Arizona in Las Vegas. Aaron Roderick was asked if he would define Jaron Hall's game as that of a dual threat quarterback. I would agree with that. I mean, we've seen him do it. I think all of our quarterbacks are dual threats, though. That won't change. As long as I'm here, I'm going to keep recruiting quarterbacks that can do both. That's the nature of the game these days is if you have a quarterback that's a threat to run or that can extend plays with his feet, that's a huge part of the game, huge part of our offense. This Cougars at 30 update brought to you by The Warehouse, where Hans and Scotty will be live tomorrow from 10 to 2 at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. The Warehouse, price is so low, it will blow your mind. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. You know what might be the saddest song I've ever heard is the bread song uh, where they talk about the diary that uh, a guy finds. Well, let me guess. It was sappy. It <laughs> He, he finds the, the diary that the girl he's pursuing is writing, and she's talking about this love that she's found. And okay, but he has no right to read that. And, and, and she's just, I know, but he did. And, and he, he goes on, he said how surprised he is because she doesn't really act like she's all that into him, but apparently she is. And then come to find out that the, uh, the, See? Lo- the love... 
the love that he was reading and about actually wasn't that, him. It that, was another person, and it crushed him. Sorry, Austin, but that goes right with Holland's talk. I want to know, are you friend or foe? Oh, Don't okay. try to sweep it under the rug. Pretend it doesn't exist. He actually benefited by reading that diary because he knew exactly where he stood. That was a blessing, not a curse. I'd much rather know where I stand than have somebody pretend to my face that right. they're my friend. Okay, it's more nuanced than that, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I'm thinking. It, uh, the diary I, or your I, big thing you're I, getting all this praise I, for? I, no, I'm just telling you, maybe, Austin, is this one of those cases? It's only happened, I think, once before on the big show in all what? the years we've been doing this, where we veto pk's uh, vote for band of the day and switch to something else oh yes i veto it <laughs> <laughs> well here's what you know it, it was a joke but it was told to me as the you know the opening of the show was playing so we well, weren't you, really in a right, there's like time frame to be to joking who do you want band of the day I mean, you, you give me. You, you've known for four friggin' days that I was going to be doing this. I was trying to get a hold of both of you multiple times before that today, but we, were, we, were we could veto. We could veto uh, the the band of the day. I just have one rule for PK: don't what? go country. Why is that? Just because, and I like country, but just See? because it's predictable that PK would pick country. I would rather have him tell me the truth than just <laughs> lie to me and say, "Yeah, you can do that." That's why that talk, good thing he said it. It's much more than nuanced than that. But, okay, uh, look, <laughs> Austin, according to you. Let's throw another pitch at PK. He's taken into the batter's uh, box. Let's give him another shot. Will you please ask him again, and let's see if he can come up with something better this time. PK, would you like to pick band of the day today? And if so, what would you like it to be? Uh, was there anything that uh, Brad was in before? <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a text or, from somebody who said there's a tribute band uh, for right. Brad called Toast. Okay. Well, I'll uh, were they from Utah? Is that what I, said? I, I have remember. no idea. I so yes or no? Huh? Uh, so yeah, yeah. Electric Light Orchestra. All right. ELO. Is that, that going to pick guy. us up a little more? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Mama Mama Bell. Do ya? Yeah. I mean, right. obviously, what's that one? Oh, uh, what's the one tune? Uh, what's, this, this, what's our famous tune? The one my, my friend's sister thought, uh, oh, Evil Woman. She thought they said, he is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Here we go again. By the way, I just got a text message from uh, our uh, very own Tim Lacombe. He says, party house. Why do you keep looking at your, what's this, your watch gives you text messages? Yeah, it's, it's hooked into It's like Dick phone. Tracy. It's hooked into your phone? Man, how much money do you have? You got a watch that instead of just telling you the time, it gives you text messages too? Yeah, it does. Holy fuck. Oh, but I don't wear it all the time. But you got it on today. Yeah. And you keep looking at your watch and you keep giving I got a text message here. This guy says I'm the greatest thing ever. No. I got another text message. I said message. Tim LaCombe said party hounds. And other before, you had a supervisor. You text me, yeah, so-and-so says that he's so lucky oh, to be PK, my friend. That's between me and you. <laughs> well, yeah, I never saw this thing where you look at your wrist and all of a sudden you got all these text messages. That's between me and you. Well, what do so, I know? I didn't name names. What do you know? Nothing, apparently. I don't know when you look at your... <laughs> when I look at my watch, I want to know what time it is. What does DJ do when PK acts like this? Does he threaten to throw him off the show? No, he cashes the check. <laughs> 
<laughs> After all, you are the straw that stirs the drink. In 20 the years of cash in the check. We've gotten long since past that. What do you like best about yourself? My body. <laughs> do you hear that a lot? <laughs> no, I'm not around anybody. I'm a loner. <laughs> like, no one's ever said it to me, come to think of it. What's your greatest talent? My greatest talent? Mm-hmm. My body. <laughs> your talent. I don't have any talents, Gordon. Nothing? Zippo. I was born in the Northeast, and those people know how to BS. So, I got so you're that. a good BSer? Yes. Is that a talent? Austin, what do you think PK's best talent is? Uh, hmm. Complimenting I people. I don't have it. Austin, you're ugly. <laughs> you got nothing for yourself? No. Come on, appreciate yourself. He's a terrific BSer. <laughs> nice. That was great, Austin. Good job. See? Good compliment, PK. Thank you. So we're both BSers, apparently. You know. I don't sit around. No, no. In fact, in, in, the, in the areas that matter, I come up way short. So I will tell you that. this about PK. He will get you to talk about something that you 10 minutes later you're like, maybe I shouldn't have told him that. <laughs> we had DJ. Yeah. We had DJ on the show yesterday. He told me. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, we asked him about you. And he said he learned a long time ago he would make out a big list of things to talk about on the show, and then you would show up, darken the door as you were coming in, and boom, say something, and the whole thing would head in a different direction (laughs) for the next four hours. Well, what I'll say about DJ is that he actually goes with me. If I say, hey, let's do this or what have you, I've got to do this or that, he'll he'll just play along, he'll... He, he trusts my instincts, whether they're right or wrong. I feel like he really trusts them to go, whether it's a form of lightheartedness entertainment or whether it's sports or whatever, some inside information that I've gleaned along the way, that uh, when, I, when I bring something, far more often than not, he goes with it. I remember one time you were sitting in on my show way back when, and... Uh, you showed up, and you're all fired up about listening to Olivia Newton-John music on your way into the studio. And next thing you know, the whole show turned into a, a Olivia Newton-John tribute. Well, see, that was when I was trying to get a full-time radio gig. So, I mean, I felt like, man, I got three hours. This is an audition. And I treated it as such. Quit looking at your watch. You're bugging me when you do that. There's going to be another text message. <laughs> Next thing I know, there'll be a sandwich being delivered no, or something. it's from your good buddy, Tim Lacombe. <laughs> I got it, too. Stop it. But I have to look at my phone, old school. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I really felt like back then I had to, I had to deliver the best that I could because I really, really, really wanted this job, man. I really wanted it back. Tell, tell our listeners the story about how, how at what at what moment you decided you wanted to do radio oh my gosh it was in well i majored in broadcasting yeah i did an internship at a rock station for those of you from the valley of the sun area kdkb 93.3 i think it is and uh so they had a sports talk show on 55 koi am from 10 to midnight and i used to i worked at a park and i would on the opposite side of Tempe, northwest Phoenix, and I'd have to drive all the way to back. It was like a 45-minute drive back to Tempe because I was going to school there, right? Make the drive at night, not in the morning. And I would listen to that show, and it was the first of its kind in the Phoenix area. We're talking what year? 
82, mm -hmm. 83, somewhere, 81, somewhere in there. And I really wanted to do it. And I'd listen to it. And I had a friend that worked at another park. And we'd both listen to it. And I'd say, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. This is, that's going to suit whatever talent I have. And I don't think I got much. But I want to do that. I really, really want to do it. You know, but it wasn't like, a, it wasn't a full-time gig. Didn't, they didn't really come full-time gigs until much later, years later, if not 10-plus years later. And then I got up here with the, with the Tribune, and sports radio started to take off, and, and I just decided, I mean, I really want to do it, and I'm going to do everything in my power to try to m get my way in. And I used to come to jazz games before, and I'd always make sure I sat next to Locke, and I would just unleash my best material, man. Because <laughs> Locke's a genius. I don't know if you... I mean, I just, I think the world of Hitlock, he drives me nuts as a person, but he is, his mind is brilliant. <laughs> so you don't like, like him as a person? But you think I didn't say I don't like him. I said he drives me nuts sometimes. But his mind. You love him, you don't like him. Yeah, we got his, his mind is off the charts, man. And so I used to pick his brain and all this stuff, you know, what I could do, how can I help? And then you got in, and I thought, okay, I'm going to buddy up to Gordon. I don't like you. I just buddied up to you all that time. <laughs> thanks, thanks for and that. I just work kept working at it kept having opportunities to sub you gave me opportunities Locke gave me opportunities jeff rickard gave me opportunities and uh, I, I must have sub for what seven eight years uh, was it that long yeah i think it was mm. uh, close to it give or take more eh, something like five to seven i i once changed a vacation because they needed some we were literally going to go on a california vacation rickard said hey, i need you this next week changed it moved everything to another week so I could be there. Oh, you're committed. I really, really wanted it. I really wanted it. You know it, how man. many people decide at that young age that they want to do something and they actually make it happen? Oh, I'm Because it's not like these jobs are plentiful. You no, know? I'm living a dream, man. I wanted two things I want to do. I want to play third base for the Dodgers, but the problem with that is I sucked, and uh, I want to do radio. And I know people are saying, well, you suck at that too, but somebody, and I've had guys like you, a bowl jack guys helped me uh, put in good words for me very appreciative of that and i just worked my way into it see that's quite gordon i hear what's going on in the world and i see all these people talking about whatever and social justice i really believe that if you put your nose to the grindstone man and you do what you're supposed to do some people have it way harder than others but i really believe that you can make it and you go to school i paid for every cent of my school all the way college right through didn't i wasn't done paying student loans till i was 35 years old and i just stu stuck with it stuck with it stuck with it and i got it man i got it i believe and maybe this is naive because i certainly don't have the answers on how to solve all the world problems but i believe man if you're committed and you try your best to do the right thing and you stay when you keep picking yourself up i had a job at casa grand dispatch uh, they gave me $210 a week. After six months, they gave me a raise. I got $215 a week, a $5 <laughs> raise. That was based on 44 hours a week. At 45, they gave you comp time. I stayed with it, stayed with it, stayed with it. Here I am. You're an inspiration, Pete. Uh, well, I don't know if I am or I'm not, but I believe, and I would tell that to anybody, you can do it. You may have to pay a much harder price than I paid, but you still can do it. All right, that's Patrick Kennehan. We'll talk more football coming up. John Beck at the top of the hour. He knows a thing or two about playing quarterback. We'll ask well, him. Hey, baby, Beck been, been through a lot, man. 
They sucked when he was a freshman and sophomore. And then as a senior, he's getting carried off the field. Plenty of stories out there. And now he's like uh, preeminent oh, he's uh, quarterback. He's a guru now, which doesn't surprise me at all because he was a genius at quarterback. I knew that when he was playing at BYU. All right. Uh, stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. University of Utah defensive coordinator Morgan Scally was asked recently what he's concerned about at this point of fall camp. Well, you know, uh, situational work, right? And so um, red zone was not, in my opinion, a positive for us. You know, the red zone work, two-minute work, uh, understanding, you know, depth changes, right? Every game is, is made up of different situations and understanding how an offense may change depending on that situation. Uh, too many unforced errors, giving them first downs off, jumping off sides, you know, just not understanding the situation. So really it's the situational work that we really got to be able to tie things down and, and, and understand in each of these situations, what are we thinking about? This Utes at 50 update brought to you by Syringa Networks, working from home or with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner, Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Welcome back. We do what we always do at this time on the clock with a stock market update. You okay? Yeah, trydaytrading.com, trydaytrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit trydaytrading.com. We changed the band of the day, Electric Light Orchestra. Gordon, this was the first concert I went to without my parents. What I mean by that, my parents, when I was younger, they'd take me to uh, two or three Frank Sinatra concerts. And when I was 16, I went to see Electric Light Orchestra. And the coolest part about it, I brought a date. Guys might want to be sitting down. She was 19. And you were 16. Uh, and this, let's dare just I say, ask any other questions? The song Evil Woman is appropriate. <laughs> did, uh, did, uh, was there, <laughs> were there any lessons learned? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go to satellite radio. <laughs> Were they any good in concert? As I recall, we're going back a, a good long while. <laughs> I wonder how many concerts you've been to in your day. I bet it's over 300. Maybe uh, not. Uh, 
Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, yeah, I was. I, I enjoy going to see live music. Is really good. Yeah, you're a music guy. Went to see Dirk, Dirk's, Dirk's Bentley last oh, oh, 13 days ago now. Wow, man, time blows by that it's almost two weeks to the day. Yep. Uh, that was the first one I had seen since uh, Miranda Lambert in February of 2020. All right. Well, I know I've been to many concerts with you, and I know how you appreciate good music. All right. The stock market today, the Dow, PK, was off 192 points. Screw awards. I don't want no freaking awards. <laughs> what the heck? What's that about? Who is that? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> the Nasdaq was down uh, 95 points. That's, that's what last Chris, thing I want is make me what Chris be Middleton fat and happy. <laughs> and the S and P was don't down do that. 26 points. I don't know what any of that means. Oh, I give up. <laughs> it means it was not a good day for the markets. Oh, that's I don't know means. anything about that. I'm going to be working till I die anyway. So what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You're invested. <laughs> I'm invested, or I'm in what? What am I again? You have investments. I, don't know, I got no clue about them. <laughs> That's because you pay other people to. PK's you know? fully invested. I pay my wife. She handles everything financially. Everything. I mean, literally everything. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> I say, PK, can you afford that? He goes, I don't know. Ask her. <laughs> It's so true, man. That's the way it works. Hundred, not. I'm not exaggerating. It's it's 100. percent Absolutely. Well, I hope she guides you in the right direction. So do I. <laughs> who's, who's the first coach you ever heard say the phrase "fully invested"? Bronco. I think Urban said it. Maybe he him. did, but Bronco really hammered it home. Yeah. Okay. It might have been. You, you you may very well be right. But when I think of the phrase, I think of Bronco. Yeah, one school made shirts with that on it the other day. Did it? Yeah, it's something like that. Wasn't that it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think of Bronco, and Bronco had a bunch of goofy phrases, and Bronco was stilted. But Bronco was a heck of a football coach at a time <laughs> BYU needed him. And I know you used to get on his butt because he would bring religion into it, and then here you are writing about religion. Uh, but... He was he brought religion into it because his bosses told him to. Not in the context of competition. Good point. Yeah, they did. PK, here's the You were so off base each time you criticized him on that. You were. I disagreed with you every time. But I support your right to do it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you allowing me to be wrong. I do appreciate that. No, it's opinion. How you're wrong on opinion, it's not a fact. I may, I think differently. I didn't say you were wrong. Okay, all right. Thank I you for that clarification. It, opinion is how you're wrong on opinion. Right? Is it true, Bronco, you're going to start the freshman? I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're going way back, Yeah, That's over 10 years. I, I, I sounded good back then. PK, speaking. <laughs> Play that again, will you, Austin? You only played part of it. It was a Mark Anthony song. Did that sound good? I agree. I know. I'm asking a question. Oh, oh, I thought you said that sounded good. I said, did it sound good? Well, if you got it here, probably. Is it true, Bronco? You're going to start the freshman. I need to know. Tell me, baby, baby, Bronco, I need to know. That was a famous Mark Anthony tune back in the day. Uh, Maybe, but. uh, I like it. He was was with J-Lo. It sounded good. 
This is really You, you might have sounded like him, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, Gary is a famous recording artist. <laughs> okay. Uh, he went bay in two cultures he was able to attract. All right. Yeah, come on, man. He was at the, there was a time he was at the top of his game. Speaking, speaking of uh, investing, you can invest in some pretty nice gear. Yeah, people are loading up down here, man. The Jazz Summer Sale, the Jazz Gear, out on the plaza. You know, you see in the store when you come into the main entrance over by the Jazz Note, well, just to the uh, left of that, they've got the team stuff out on the sidewalk. And you can get up to 75% off Jazz merchandise, man. That is a great deal. And that's right in front of us where you can buy it. And people are there, have been there all day buying stuff. And you can see it because in that uh, little uh, container, he's got the hangers, and that thing is overflowing. So when you buy something off the hanger, they keep the hanger, and he needs another container. That just <laughs> give you an, oppor- uh, get an idea how many people are buying stuff here. And they got cornhole. They got a basket ball hoop uh, on a sport court on the plaza, and you spin wheel with a chance to win prizes. This thing's going on through Saturday, man. A great opportunity because we're already at the end of August. Players are going to be coming back in the next week or so, start their open gym stuff, and then I think probably close to, uh, I think, 32 days, maybe right down to the day, we've got the opening of camp. The next week is preseason, and they play, what, four or five games or so? They've, they've reduced them, and then the season starts. Yeah. Extremely high hopes. There's no bigger jazz honk than Gordon Monson on their chances this year. I'm not saying you're a fan, so relax. I don't want you and Austin to come to blows. I had to hear all about that. Here's the deal, man. You are high on their chances and their prospects this year, and rightly so. I agree with you. I'm not picking you. them to win at all. No one's picking them to win at all. Uh-huh. That's no. Who, what difference does it make? You pick them to win at all. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Unless you put money down on it, who cares? It, but you are high on their prospects. Yeah, I think they're going to be good. Yeah, and I agree with you. And there's a lot of people who must agree with me because they're down here buying this gear, man. A lot of people, a lot of people coming. Well, the here. Jazz rock in this community. Absolutely, they rock. And to go along with my little my little speech I gave, if you keep doing the right thing, I think it'll pay off. I think this franchise too. Keep doing the right thing, and I think they'll have a breakthrough. I can't tell you when, but I think they'll have it. All right, PK. We got John Beck coming up next. We'll talk to him about uh, BYU's newly named uh, starting quarterback, who he has helped coach, uh, just like yeah. he did a certain did guy. Did you hear Kalen Hall? We had on the, the dad, We had on Kalen Hall's dad or Jalen Hall's dad this morning. What did he say? He said, "Hey, I'm not into drama. We flew him down. He didn't drive both <laughs> ways uphill in the snow. <laughs> he made us laugh." <laughs> oh man! All right, we'll talk with John. Stay with us. Thanks, Pat. 